You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. Welcome back. So if you've been listening for a while, you know my passion is all about helping small brands grow online. It's where I spend literally all of my time. And at Privy as well, we've helped over 500,000 stores drive 5 billion in online sales through our email and text marketing platform which is why I'm super excited about today's episode. I have Liat Karpel-Gerwitz here. She's the head of e-commerce marketing for Wix.com. And Wix is someone that also shares that mission of helping small businesses grow. So I'm a huge dork. I like to read earnings calls of public companies, especially ones we're partnered with like Wix. So I was catching up on their Q4 earnings call And I recently saw a couple of things that stood out, namely they crossed 200 million users, which is just insane. But if you take a closer look at their customer base, Wix is actually now powering 600,000 e-commerce stores. So let that sink in for a second. That's a massive number. And when I saw some of the recent press that they put out, I wanted to bring Liad on, help shed some light around what's happening over at Wix, why they're growing so quickly within e-commerce, and just maybe a couple trends that they're seeing from their merchants. So join me in welcoming Liat. Awesome having you. Thank you so much, Ben. It's awesome being here. Cool. So let's start with just the fact that Wix now has 600,000 e-commerce stores. Did I see that like 33% of those were created in 2020? Yeah. So I think in general, 2020 was a crazy year all around. And you know, the COVID-19 pandemic changed e-commerce forever with a huge surge in growth and transforming the way people sell and shop online. And we definitely saw that at Wix. So throughout the year, e-commerce broke records for us. We did go from around 400,000 to over 600,000 active online stores worldwide. Crazy. And across our network of stores, we saw about 140% year-over-year growth in sales transactions and around 114% year-over-year growth in overall sales revenue. And obviously, at different points along the year, that looked different, but massive, massive growth throughout the year. Amazing. And so, like, you know, going from 400 to over 600,000, that's big numbers. Tell me, like, what are the profiles? Are these new entrepreneurs that are starting online? Are they existing businesses that had brick and mortar that were shifting online? Like what were the makeup? Sure. So I think we saw a mix of everything from new businesses opening up to brick and mortar shifting online to businesses who had already been selling online, but changing the way that they were selling. So either to new audiences shifting from retail wholesale into more of a D2C model, people shifting from maybe marketplaces into, again, their own store. So lots of different reasons for that growth. But I think like in terms of if I have to look at the overall growth and break it down, we really saw just a reflection of the world living through a pandemic. So like the early months of COVID-19, we saw huge growth in like the food and beverage category, both in terms of the businesses moving online, as well as obviously people buying more in those categories. Um, And then as the month progressed, we saw categories like pet supplies growing as people found themselves home spending more time with their pets and looking to buy more of those products. 
And by spring, we saw consumers looking more for things around hobbies and home decor since they were like stuck at home. So categories <laughs> of home and garden really took off. And in the summer, we saw kind of a little bit of the opposite shift because a lot of countries were opening up a little bit and some of the lockdown restrictions were settling down. And we saw as people were getting back to business and going back to life. So we saw growth in um, like clothing and accessory categories. And by the end of summer, we already had anticipation for the holiday season building up. So we saw really early growth in our gift categories. And then, of course, through the holiday season and, of course, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we saw, again, another huge surge of growth. So like 125% year-over-year growth just on that weekend alone. So wow. the whole year was just, yeah, ready. Massive it's growth amazing. for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And was like... You know, the total transaction volume, I, I think I saw was like over $5 billion in 2020 for Wix merchants. Incredible. Yeah. Do you feel like that pace of growth will continue? We definitely feel that pace of growth will continue for us for several reasons. One is I think businesses aren't done transitioning online yet. We obviously have this whole new world of expectations on the consumer side in terms of how they can and want to shop now. And we're also offering more and more options to businesses coming to the platform that will also help with that growth. So, you know, things like our own payment gateway and point of sale solutions and other things. Yeah, which really like ties into that trend of commerce is kind of happening everywhere, right? It used to be right. either in store or online, and now there's a, it's kind of getting blended. It might be on social, it might be on your website. Yeah, it's amazing to see the role that Wix is playing there. So obviously, we all do shopping online. Was there a, a really good story that stands out for you about a Wix merchant or someone you shop with that, that's seen a lot of success? Sure. So I, we have so many. It's always hard to choose. But um, I think one of my favorites is probably Colin Canary. So they have built a $2 million luxury candle business online. Wow. And they have such an interesting story. So Amanda Boozy, who's the CEO and, and founder, was actually a graphic designer. She started her business in 2014, and that was when they first built their Wix website. And they started just by posting about their candles on social media. And one of the things that she always says is that once she started posting, that's when stores like retailers started reaching out and asking for product, and she would send them to the website. And not long after that, they actually managed to get their candles into the Oscars and Grammys Awards gift bags. And I think that that was when they really realized they had a serious business on their hands. So today, Colin Canary is huge. I mean, they have a 10,000 square foot warehouse, they have a staff of over 20 people, and they're producing over a thousand hand poured candles a day. So that's a really big business. They had a really interesting shift in 2020 because prior to COVID-19, their main sources of revenue were from trade shows. So they were doing like over 50 shows a year wholesale, and they had a brick and mortar location in Canada. Wow. So when the pandemic hit, they really had to shift focus completely to online D2C sales overnight. So one of the things that Amanda always talks about is the fact that they had the online store. It obviously wasn't their main sales channel, but because they had that in place, 
they were able to really just shift focus onto the online sales. And they actually ended up growing their business tremendously throughout the year. And sales went up by 535% for them over 2020. So yeah, they were an example of a business that was able to really just do that shift. It's really incredible. And I think like one of the things that I really love hearing Amanda speak about is that today over 50% of their customers are returning customers. So yeah, they're focusing a lot on D2C and how they're connecting directly with those customers. And actually they focus a lot on email marketing. So yeah, I have like great anecdotes from them. Like they have one of their newsletter emails on its own actually ended up generating over 600 orders and about 40K in revenue for them. So as Amanda told me, after that, they now send out newsletters every week because they understand the huge potential they had there. And they also have automated emails in place. So like they have one that goes out 30 days after somebody purchases candle, and then you get this email encouraging you buy another product. But um, one of the absolute most unique things that I saw them do was obviously they're a candle business. So most of their business happens in like the winter months and the colder months. So in the summer, they have to get really creative. And they came up with this weekly VIP candle concept. And to gain access to this candle on the website, customers actually have to subscribe to their newsletter. But it's become so popular, like every time a VIP candle comes out, it's this whole frenzy and the collection was a really big success for them. And they have great scents, like really unique candles and scents. So that was just another, I think, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story about Colton Canary for so many reasons, right? Obviously, like graphic designer turned e-commerce or retail entrepreneur, forget about it e-commerce. And then, you know, the fact they had the infrastructure for e-commerce with the shift in 2020, it made it that much easier to move online. But I'm also not surprised to hear that the newsletters and the automated email automation are driving revenue. Like that's our bread and butter. That's what I talk about all day. I just think it's amazing that like such a simple concept can execute so well for them. But like, my question is, would they have really force themselves to figure all of these things out, the weekly giveaway, the exclusive product launches, the email marketing, had they still had the benefit of the brick and mortar traffic, you know, maybe not. So probably not. I think, you know, that's one thing that Amanda herself speaks about. And even what business will look like for them going back from this, because obviously they do have that brick and mortar location, which is something that they want to get back to. But like one of the really interesting things that she said to me was, how much she learned about her business this year and about her customers. And she told me that she never had this much information about her customers. Obviously, now she has so much data and analytics about customer history and this ability to reach out directly. So she was like, one of the things that she knows will be so different is that use of trade shows. She was like, you know, I'll probably do one or two a year just because I enjoy them and I like that direct interaction with people but there's no need for me to be traveling and going to 50 shows a year because I can do it so much better online. So yeah, there was benefit, I guess, to this huge escalation that we've seen and just the timing of how quickly people had to learn to do e-commerce. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that she made the shift successfully, 
and her repeat customers is like really driving the business forward. Like that's a great case study in the power of owned, you know, direct marketing with your customers, email and D2C. I love that. I was actually thinking this morning, I saw some big tech conferences is going to happen in the fall in person. I'm like, am I going to be going to that stuff again? Like, I just don't, I don't know, you know, like, so I think the way that they're thinking about it is right. Nice. So look, you see a ton of brands, a ton of merchants. Colin Canary is a great, great story. But like, if you were to say, okay, of the brands that are successful building on Wix, like what are two or three things that all of them are doing? So I think like if I have to talk about the basics that I would that I see successful stores all doing and that I would recommend to basically every single store, I would say first of all, SEO. So you really want to make sure that you're maximizing your online store's SEO and that your site is appearing in all relevant search results when shoppers are searching online. So off of this, I can tell you that we see that Wix sites that complete all of the SEO setup and you know do the work on their SEO get two times as many visitors to their website. And they actually increase the turnover on the website by 1.3x. So that all translates at the end of the day into visitors to your store and then business to your store. So that would be one. And do you think that's because of the intent of those visitors so the conversions are higher? Like they're brought there organically versus like a paid ad, let's say? I think, first of all, you're just bringing relevant traffic to the site, right? And one of the things that I always say to businesses that we're working with is even if you have the best product in the world, and even if there are people out there who really, really would love this and desperately need this product, if they don't know that your business exists, no one is ever going to buy it. Like you have to make sure that people are aware of your business. So, you know, if you were doing a brick and mortar, you would send out, I don't know, flyers, put an ad on the radio or on TV, take out a local listing. You would do things to make sure that people knew you existed. And you have to do the same thing online. So that's one. And SEO also, you know, I say this even myself as a marketer, is like this work you do once and then you enjoy that traffic all the time. If you have to go and drive paid traffic equivalent to that, that's a huge investment of your marketing budget. So it's time and energy well spent and definitely something I would expect, you know, any e-commerce business to be investing in. So that would be my first one. My second one is going to be abandoned cart recovery automation. So this one is, again, one of those super straightforward things that you do a one-time setup on and are going to keep driving business for you forever. These are people who have potential shoppers who have already engaged with your brand. If they cared enough to come to your website and either leave you their contact info or start, you know, adding products to their cart. So there's really, really high intent there. And here again, we see that Wix sites that have active cart recovery automations increase sales by up to 29%. So 29% for something that you do once and works for you forever is huge. So another one that I would expect every e-commerce business to do. Love it. Yeah, I'm actually taking notes. I'm going to hand that to our sales team. I think you did a better job (laughs) than we do describing that. But yeah, the way I think about e-commerce is like you're driving a bunch of people to your site, hopefully. Some of them buy, but it's usually very few. 
So most don't. And so you got to figure out a way through automation and in email marketing and tech stuff like that. How do you nurture them back with a relevant message to keep them engaged? And yeah, cart recovery, I think is, you know, at the top of the list for me, for sure. Yeah. So that one, I think is a huge one. And I think a lot of us don't even think about um, all of the reasons that people abandon a cart that have got nothing to do with them not wanting the product. You know, life just gets in the way. It happens to me all the time. I'm like in the middle of adding stuff to my cart and then my mom calls or my kid starts crying or whatever, you know, and then I forget about it. And oftentimes those reminder emails get me to go back and make those purchases. So definitely one that I say to every business is worth, you know, every minute that you invest in that. Yeah. And just on the cart recovery too, just from some of the data set that we have, we see that for every email that's automated in your cart recovery series, like let's say you had one at one hour, one at 24 hours, one at two days later, like each of those is going to help you recover 4% of the carts that go abandoned, which is, I mean, we're all saying the same thing, but hugely powerful. Cool. So what was the third you were getting to? Yeah. So my third one is, I think, just like a pet favorite of mine. And I'm, I'm going to go to live chat. And like before I dive into like data there and everything, I would say it's really just giving great customer service from your online store. And again, if we do that parallel to like the brick and mortar, if you were in your physical store and a customer walked in the door you or your staff would greet them. You would help them find the products that they were looking for. You would answer all the questions that they have. And when we're talking about an online setting and e-commerce, so your website has to do that work for your business. So, you know, in that same vein, I would say, make sure that you have live chat on the website, that there's somebody on the live chat and not just a bot, like bots are great, but they can only <laughs> go so far. So I would definitely set that up so that when somebody's not around, that that's still working for you. But be available, answer customers' questions. There's so much you can do with live chat. And here again, like the numbers speak for themselves. So we see that which sites that offer live chat get eight to 12 times higher revenue. And stores that are actually recommending products to customers in the chat generate 71% more sales. How crazy is that? That's nuts. Amazing. Actually, for me, like live chat and cart recovery go together. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, if you think about, you know, the possible reasons someone's abandoning their cart, you know, you covered life distractions, right? The other two big ones that we see are cost and questions, right? And so if you can nip that in the bud with a great customer chat experience, you know, then you're also chipping away at a conversion, clearly eight to 12 times revenue compared to sites that don't have it. That's insane. Yeah. All right. So SEO, cart recovery, live chat. Yeah. Those would be my three must-haves. I mean, there's a lot more stuff you can do, but like at the very basics, that's what I would expect for any e-commerce business to invest in. Good playbook. My, the one that I would add to that is story. I think a lot of founders, maybe they're, you know, shy in front of the camera or they're too humble, but it's so important to be telling that story, to write it down, to showcase, you know, you're not Amazon, you're an actual small business and here's who you're buying from. And here's why, you know, you're building this business. I think that's, that's something that needs to be persistent across probably all touch points online, most notably, you know, the homepage or an about page, something like that. 
For sure. And I think it goes to building that trust with your customers. Again, at the end of the day, your website is the interaction they're going to have with your business. And this is how they get to know you and your team and your values and what you're about and what they can expect in you know, the entire interaction and process with your business. So I really agree with that. Amazing. Liat, thank you. This has been a, a really, really great update. I appreciate you coming on the show. And, you know, we'll put the notes to Cole and Canary in the show notes. I think that would be interesting for people to check out that story. And to everyone else who's listening, come back tomorrow. I'm going to be making a huge announcement about Privy and Wix. Thanks, Liat. Thanks for having me. 